Welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commish, the Denver Desert Dog, watching Bucks Eagles on Thursday night, and joining me to break down week six in the Sons of Fantasy Football League from Take Your Ball and Go Home, Shane Stein. Hey, Matt. Matt, great to be here. A little uh, tough sledding for T-Bag here in the last couple of weeks. Going to look to get back on track here. Uh, here in week six, uh, we got to get back to our winning ways. We're uh, on the schneid here, so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the show. Yeah, uh, the wide receiver core has not been uh, not been doing what you thought it would do the last couple weeks, but I think you'll get back to business. And also joining us, the no longer points leader from the Sea Wolves, Phil Bruce. How's it going, buddy? No longer points later, but first now in the Peyton Manning division until I play Shane again. It was a dark Monday night for me, losing the scoring title like that. <laughs> but I, I feel hopeful the rest of the season. Happy to be on the podcast. No problem. Thank you both for joining me. Um, Shane, did you have any thoughts about my short joke in the recap? I did. I did. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a good short joke. Um, haven't heard one of those in a while. I'm sure I'll get plenty of them uh, this upcoming week, next week. Um, see, maybe they'll they might not let me in the casino for the height requirement, something like that. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, but yeah, I actually I, I was actually thinking I was like, man, to see a weekly recap has, has kind of brought some some rejuvenation. I feel like I, I enjoy looking forward to it every week. You guys have been doing a really nice job with it. Thank Just you. Just enough. Just enough lighthearted, lighthearted comments, some some jabs thrown in there. I like it. It's good stuff. Yeah, Mike asked. Uh, he said he wanted to raise a level of trash talk in the league. So uh, he asked, he received, and he's upset about it. So <laughs> stay out of the kitchen. Yeah. Um. All right. I guess let's re- get right into trivia. All right, well, obviously you guys know me pretty well. You've been uh, been following along, and if you have, you, you kind of knew what direction this was going in tonight. Kind of taking a step away from the fantasy realm here for a little bit. Um, didn't really have any, any questions that I liked fantasy-wise this week. So tonight's game, we have a matchup of two of the last four Super Bowl winners, Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. Um no secret that I love myself some Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady has thrown touchdown passes to 85 different players in his career. Astounding. By far a record. What I'm looking for, though, is the 14 players that have caught a Super Bowl touchdown pass from Mr. Tom Brady. I believe you guys can do well with this list. Active, active players? Dion Branch. No, not active. He's okay. a fourteen. He's thrown touchdown pass to fourteen different players. Okay. Dion Branch has caught a touchdown pass from Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yes, that's correct. Against the Rams, right? It was not. No, no, the no. Rams. That was the other little dude. Um, that was. It was, against the, it was against the Panthers. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think David Givens. David Givens is an answer. He caught three, two touchdown passes from Tom Brady. One against the Panthers. And one against the Eagles. Let me just get my embarrassment out of the way now. Uh, 
I will say Wes Welker. Wes Welker is not on the list. Wes Welker did not catch a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. I guess I'll take the low-hanging fruit here. Good question, thank you. Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Gronkowski has top five touchdown passes from Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Uh, let's go Edelman. Edelman has got one touchdown pass from Tom Brady but in the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. Troy Brown. Damn it. Troy Brown did not catch a touchdown pass from Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Wow. But you guys both eliminated. Cause takes another win. Both eliminated. But let's keep going here. Um, disappointed a little bit in you guys. To tell you the truth. That's not a bad guess. Come on. It's not a bad guess, but there there were some some low hanging fruit. I mean, I just watched a guy catch a touchdown ten minutes ago. That's on this list. So. Okay. He's also on one of your rosters. Mr. Big Chest. What? Mr. Big Chest, Antonio Brown. He caught one last year. You'll have to apologize. I had COVID during the Super Bowl last year, so <laughs> I was sleeping. Um, uh, how about uh, Danny Amendola? Danny Amendola did catch two touchdowns from Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. One against the Seahawks and one against the Falcons. Or some of those other shitty wide receivers. Uh, how about Randy Moss? Randy Moss did catch the lone touchdown from Tom Brady in that infamous 07 08 Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I couldn't answer anyone that one either. Um, I feel like I feel like this is an answer. It's either going to be really good or really bad. Uh, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is correct. He did catch two touchdowns from Tom Brady's in Super Bowls. One against the Panthers, one against the Eagles. I feel like we're out of white receivers. <laughs> um, I'm out. I got nobody. Um, I have to think James White's on this list. I was going to say, you might be out of white receivers, but you're not out of James White, <laughs> who did, was the MVP of the Falcons. Well, he wasn't the MVP. He should have been. Um, but was the most outstanding player in that game. Caught one against the Falcons. How about Kevin Falk? Kevin Falk is not on the no. list. And you guys are also not out of white receivers, so... Reason for every question. I feel like that reason was Antonio Brown. No, Tom Brady was the reason for the question. <laughs> um, Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead is not on the list. There are four names left on this list. Five names left on this list. Um, guys, so that you're looking for the guy that caught the the first one that he threw against the Rams in his first Super Bowl. You're looking for both guys that he threw touchdowns to in the second Giants Super Bowl. You're looking for one more in the Seahawks Super Bowl. And you're looking for one more in the Eagles' second Super Bowl. 
against West Blanker again? I know it's not OJ Cinco. He had one catch that Super Bowl probably 15 yards. I'm out. So, there's one name you guys should get. The other, the other four are, are pretty tough. But the, I'll give you some hints here. The the white receiver you're looking for. I don't know if you heard about this, but he played lacrosse in college. Hogan. Chris Hogan caught a touchdown against the Eagles, second time around. Um, this guy we could be talking about as possibly the greatest tight end of all time if he didn't kill a bunch of people. I wasn't sure about him. Aaron Hernandez Going forever. caught a touchdown against the Giants the second Super Bowl. Alle- allegedly kill. Allegedly. True, true. We don't know for um, sure. The other guy that catch a touchdown pass in that Giants second Super Bowl, Sir Danny Woodhead. Oh, gosh. Um... First guy to catch a touchdown in the Seahawks Super Bowl, Brandon LaFell. Oh, yeah, how about it? And the first guy to ever catch one, back right corner of the end zone, me and Kyle used to run that play, <laughs> David Patton. That's who it was. I said David Givens. Yes, yeah. they were both, both touchdown catchers for Tom Brady. David Patton was the first guy. So, I always like to get some, some Tom Brady trivia in there when I can. I had that question ready for the last few years. Good news now is, is the right time to bust it out. Good news is you have another ten years of Tom Brady trivia. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that list will expand here, and we'll be we'll be we'll be adding to that in the next couple of years. He just threw a pick, though. No, I think it was incomplete. Looks like that ball was on the ground. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Um, Antonio Brown appears to be struggling with a foot injury. I just got the notification. Uh, before we uh, before we get started, let's just uh, if we can we can we recap last week. How wild was last week? Yeah, the scores were just insane. Um, I think I texted you guys that I think Josh Allen had one of the most dominant performances I've ever seen on Sunday night, and he was the fourth highest quarterback scorer of the week with 43 points. Yeah. Um, am I correct that that's the highest score I've ever seen from a team ranking? I score? believe so. Um, certainly since we've gone to without defenses and kickers, that's, and I, I believe it's the highest even with defenses and kickers. Um, yeah, certainly since we've gone to eight that's my line, game. just insane. I mean, congratulations on the Nothing about that game made any sense. <laughs> That's just a dream week. <laughs> That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, and I guess we... we I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how... Sorry. No, you're good. Can you hear me? Yeah. I, I don't know how that lateral gets called a forward lateral. I'm, I'm watching. I don't, I don't know how they look at that in the booth and say... Oh, that's not a touch. Ravens get a shot. It's interception. That made zero sense to me if they overturned that. I still don't get it. I I really I didn't have the sound on because I was playing Xbox. I really thought they called his knee down. I didn't realize till the next day that they called it a forward lateral. 
and it wasn't even it was a hundred percent it wasn't even lateral it was a hundred backward they overturned it so I, it was just a, it was a weird weird game yeah but Lamar got to talk about him QB1 it's he redefining the quarterback position as we know it is the question I mean I know we're all being a little should I say we're, we're kind of poking fun I, I watched that game and I walked away thinking this guy stinks <laughs> he's, he's terrible like you will never win with him and everyone all week all I've seen is oh this guy's so great MVP yeah great give him the MVP you're gonna you're gonna get killed in the playoffs you're gonna go, you're gonna lose like this guy can't throw the ball to shit we have two Ravens fans in the league, Tyrus and Jason. I would be curious to know, as a Ravens fan, do you really feel like you can win the Super Bowl with him as the quarterback? Um, I mean, obviously. Are they Lamar traders? I, I think they are, yeah. So, and that's As fine. a Steeler fan, I am very happy that he's the quarterback of the division. Like, there's nothing that shows me you can't win 12, 13 games in the regular season with them. Like, clearly you can. But you're just not going to win in the playoffs with him because he can't throw the ball. He does throw a better deep ball than I thought. Like, he does get that the deep ball out there. It's usually either an overthrow or a completion. I mean, I just... There's definitely holes there, but he was really impressive on Monday night. Yeah. And he's changed, um, changed one more thing I want to touch on. Is there anything, is there any team more just absolute stung in this league than the Renegades? <laughs> like, this guy just cannot catch a break. Like, he puts up 125 points, has a really nice week, gets a, I mean, obviously there was no, no really production from his flex plays and his tight end play, but like, I mean, he still puts up, gets four guys in the 20s, 125 points, most weeks you're going to win, and it was looking like he was going to at least be in it for a while, then just gets the barrage of 100 points on Monday night. Yeah. I mean, he, he's the third thing that scorer in the league. I guess not strong. If you've been following for the last couple of years, he is the unluckiest player in this league, I feel like, by far. Yeah, I think it's not close. I mean, you put up 125 and you lose by 80. I mean... He beat he seven it. of the teams this week. I mean, he was... It's a matchup week. You gotta, you gotta beat the team in front of you. You're so stale. You're the stalest person <laughs> ever. <laughs> yes. He loses by .08 to the franchise in week three. I mean, it's just, I, I just feel, I don't know, I just feel like he, he just has the absolute worst luck in this league. I, I would agree with you. Trying to figure out what I want the game of the week to be. Um, 
Is there a good loser leaves town matchup? If we're gonna be doing loser leaves town, I feel like our only option is really. I mean, you got franchise one and four versus park two and three. I don't know that really qualifies. And you got Curtin and Nevermore at two and three, two and three. No. The rest are uh, bad teams against good teams. Yeah. All right, let's start off with Mixed Mad Dogs versus the Bull Weevils. Uh, the Mad Dogs, very upset about the truth that I spoke about their team this week. Roster looks low light in the pants this week with Calvin Ridley on by, Debo on by, Hilaire and Gallup on the IR. Uh, Chuba Hubbard may come back. You know, McCaffrey hasn't practiced really this week, so that's, he's kind of hanging in the balance. Um, but he gets a little boost today with Damian Williams hitting COVID list and Khalil Herbert now is the only running back in town this week for Chicago against Green Bay. Um, how do you guys feel about Khalil Herbert? He did get, I believe, 18 carries last week for about 75 yards, so not a bad game for the rookie. Yeah, I, I like him this week. Um, clearly, he's going to have to touch the ball a lot. Um, there's just no other competition there right now. I, I, I got to assume that he's going to get at least 15 touches in this game. Um, excited about the possibilities of him putting up a nice double-digit week, which uh, as a replacement running back, what more can you ask for? But I, I got to believe that he gets somewhere, somewhere in the double digits. Uh, I'm not going to say crazy numbers, but give me, give me like 12, 13 points for Herbert this week. Look, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest on this podcast. I, I have no idea who this player is. Uh, I've <laughs> never heard of him before. <laughs> He's the handcuff to a handcuff. It, it sounds like he'll get volume. Uh, but if he held a gun in my head and said, what college, what conference did he go to? No idea. No idea how good he is. He'll get touches. Uh, I, I, I guess I like the play, but I've never heard of this player before. Um, yeah, I, don't, I can't tell you where he went to school either, so I'm not going to sit here. and I've heard the name before, but uh, that doesn't mean I know anything about him. So, yeah. So, oh, truth. I I didn't know where he went to school either. I just looked it up. He so this guy went to Kansas for four years, and then transferred to Virginia Tech his last year. So that's what we're looking at. Kansas football. Well, the Bears have effectively run the ball all year, and uh, Justin Fields being the quarterback, I think, helps them run the ball even more because you do have to respect the running ability of the quarterback. So. Um, I like him to be uh, the highest scoring running back on the Mad Dogs this week over McKissick. Um, but he does have McKissick going up against Kansas City, so that's helpful. If we want to talk some smack about Darnell Mooney and Sterling Shepard and then put him in our Fanduel lineups, we can do that because we have a way of touting people. Um like we did for Miles Gaskin last week. <laughs> um, Gaskin finding his way back in the flex for the Bull Weevils. Uh, we like Najee Sunday night. He's been great. Um, but I think we have to talk about Terry McLaurin playing against Kansas City on Sunday. Have to imagine big game in line for Scary Terry. Yeah, 
That Chiefs defense is poor. Did you say Kansas City or Oklahoma? <laughs> I, I, I cut out a little bit. Well, Mahomes does look like Spencer Rattler, but... Um, <laughs> Yes, yeah, I mean, that Chiefs defense is, like you said, it's, it's pathetic. Um, give me all of the Terry McLaurin overs in this one. Targets, yards, touchdowns, rushing yards, anything you can think of. Give it to me. Um, guy hasn't even gotten a carry this year. Give me, give me over one and a half carries for 30 yards. <laughs> this is a, a big game for McLaurin. Chiefs defense stinks. Um, he's, he's over 100 in the score. All signs point to it. The the Chiefs can't stop anybody. And if Josh Allen had to throw last weekend, or Monday, Monday night, I should say, he would have thrown for NFL records in a single game if he needed to. The fact that they were up by big points was the only reason he didn't. I like McLaurin as well this week. It's nice to see Gaskin back in the lineup. Guy's got a lot, lot of upside, as we saw on Sunday. But I like McLaurin a lot. Same. Didn't know, didn't know if there was going to be any uh, an apology tour here from the from the Seawolves on the on the Gaskin Gaskin front from last week. Didn't know if there was going to be some make, outreach to the, to it, the Weevils. It did make a difference, um, and I I really did think that. He was terrible, along with both of you guys. But he, he, he showed some life. So you gotta... He's, he's flex-worthy. Yeah, I think he's flex-worthy. Definitely. Especially this week against Jacksonville. Um, Alright, so who wins this one? I do. I will say I like... I like Najee. I like Tyreek. I like Terry McLaurin. I like Pittman. I think Hunter Henry's emerges as a top tight end. Um, in the New England offense. So I do think I like the matchups a little better on the Weevil side. And I will pick them to give Mick their first loss of the year. Yeah, I... Man, Mad Dogs keep getting it done. I, I like a lot of the matchups on, on the Weevil side as well. Um, give me the Weevils in a real close one. I haven't talked about it a lot this year, but I, I really just don't like Mahomes against that Washington front seven. That that that's going to be trouble. And you guys know how I love picking QB matchups. I I think Darnold gets it done this week against Minnesota. Mahomes is all right, and whenever the QB matchups going to win this one, give me the ball. Funny enough, uh, I think Washington's one of the worst-rated defenses in the NFL this year. <laughs> um, so there is some there is some Mahomes possibilities there uh, where he can go nuts. The problem is if he's throwing him to Tyreek, it will be kind of offset um, in this matchup. So you, our subscribers listen to this podcast for hot takes. They're not right takes. But they're hot. <laughs> Alright, let's go to the next game. Team Ice Cream against the Sea Wolves. Ice Cream right now with Miles Sanders out there with one point. Almost halftime. It's one point more than I thought he might have um, at halftime. Sea Wolves with 
Leonard Fournette, 9.6 so far, and 13.7 from Mr. Big Chest. Uh, booming, 5 for 52 and a touchdown. Oh, God. <laughs> Another one. Oh, I, I was just saying, but I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, okay. Um... I'll wait to see it. I'm, I'm, I think I'll play behind. I just saw the three-yard pass to Godwin. Ice cream. Going with... Let's let's stick with the theme. Taylor Heineke, running quarterback for the ice cream this week. Um, again, they are home, playing the Chiefs. Did you guys like the Heineke pickup for Spears? Love it. Love it. I mean... It reeks of desperation, but if you're gonna be desperate, um, like we just said, gonna gonna put all my chips in against the Kansas City defense right now. Um, but we just saw. I mean, obviously he's not Josh Allen, but and he doesn't have the same explosive weapons. I feel like, but if we're expecting a big game from McLaren, clearly he's gonna be the benefactor as well. So yeah, I like Heineke to to, to push for twenty five to thirty points this week. Yeah, I, I, I like him too this week. I, I, I think he has a good matchup. I don't know if he's going to outscore Murray, but it's a good play, and it's going to be real close. Uh, I think Spears was down to either Heineke or Joe Burrow against uh, Detroit. Do you guys think Heineke was the better play of the two? I do. Um, Burrow in the hospital after the game last week. Not sure it's that serious, but... Yeah, I mean, like we said, I'll, I'll take my chances against that Kansas City defense right now. This doesn't look like something that's going to be fixed in a hurry. I don't think they're just going to all of a sudden put it together for one week. They they are hurting. They are just in shambles right now. Um, yeah, give me Heineke for the, for the better week out of those two. I'd go with Heineke too, but I think it's pretty close. Okay, yeah, I, I was leaning Heineke as well. <laughs> As I mentioned in the week five recap, Derrick Henry's on pace for over 470 carries this season. I think the NFL record is 416 in obviously a one shorter game season by Larry Johnson. Um, Will Derrick Henry break the carries record? Now, obviously with the extra game, it's most likely that he will. So we'll say, um, will he break the carries per game record? So will he get over, I guess, uh, 440? Uh, yes. I'm going to keep this as clean as I can, but he ain't going to break. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that family, way. Family podcast. It's the family uh, podcast. He ain't going to break. This is ridiculous. They're going to keep giving him the ball. No reason not to. We, we are just in absurd territory with Derrick Henry. Uh, I mean, these, the, 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 you can't even make up questions that would seem far-fetched or, or off the wall for this guy. He is unbelievable. I, I've never seen a player like him. And that's why when I was nine, IPAs deep at that playoff watch party, I traded for him. 
He's gonna break that record. He's gonna shatter every other record because of having the extra game. Uh, the guy is just phenomenal. What I'm trying to think like, what would an injury like him to him even look like? Like I don't, it, I, he doesn't get tackled. <laughs> Fournette touchdown, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I was actually, uh, I mean, it's funny we we're talking about this, but I, I was watching the other night a video, looking back on like some of Danian Tomlinson highlights. You know, he had, a, he had a game one time where he had forty-eight touches. that anymore ever again but I mean that's kind of I mean obviously Henry's not catching the ball 11 times but I mean that's we're seeing just 30 carries a game which is just stupid in, in today's NFL it's ridiculous so yes he, he is going to he's going to beat that record when, when I'm having a bad day at work I'll pull up some of his high school and Alabama highlights and that gets me in a much better mood because again, I've I've never seen a force like like Henry is ever play football. He is. He doesn't even look like he's moving fast. <laughs> it, it, it's it's like ridiculous. Like he he's got that like Vince Young aspect to him where he doesn't even look like he's moving, but like he he's just. It's I, I don't even know how to explain it. He's got those long straw. And he gets up, he's so powerful, he gets out in the open field and he outruns cornerbacks and safety for touchdowns. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been really, really good. And he's the reason why the Seawolves might have the best roster uh, in the league. I'll take the Seawolves to win this one, big. Yeah, I mean, I think even before this game started taking place tonight, <clears throat> I would have gone Wolves, and it's not close. And the this start of this game is just kind of affirming that. I don't know who Dan Arnold is. Um, and I don't like picking teams that I don't know players. Wolves, after a hot start, are going to take this one. All right, well, we'll go to the Renegades versus take your ball and go home for the next matchup. Phil, I'm going to go ahead and pencil you in for a take-your-ball-and-go-home win because Fegley's starting Tyler Conklin and Kadarius Tony. I'm sure you don't know those guys either. Um, Fair enough. So let's talk about the Renegades. So far, Mike Evans only one for 22 um, in the first half. We'll see if he's able to add to that um, in the second half. The Eagles are going to have to keep it a little closer than they are right now for that to happen, I think. Uh, Zeke's banged up coming into the game against New England. That'll be something to watch on the Renegade side as well. Um, Kadarius Tony, he did join, I think, an elite list of rookies that have over 10 catches for 150 yards in their rookie season. Um, it's, there were It was a pretty star-studded name from what I saw. I don't remember all the names. I remember OBJ being on that list. Um, a couple other guys. But I guess I want to. I'm gonna have the same question when we get to uh, Jason's team, I believe. But 
how do you expect uh, the Geno Smith quarterback move to affect DK Metcalf and uh, the Renegades? Yeah, you got to figure it hurts a little bit, right? Um, clearly, you're not going to get the same caliber of, of QB play um, out of Geno that you're going to get from, from Russell Wilson. But I wouldn't be surprised if Geno plays a little better than we're expecting him to. Um, I'm not going to go out and say he's going to light up the world. He didn't look terrible when he came into the game last week. Um, looked like he still had still had a little bit in the tank. And I don't know that we ever got a fair view of, of what he can, can do. I mean, we see it all the time. Like, he, he was just in on two of the worst situations you could even think of. I mean, I don't, I don't take much into account for guys that play with the Jets. Um, that franchise is just pitiful. And then, I mean, he was with the Giants, was it, I guess, for a little bit. I mean, yeah. so he's in a better franchise. Got better weapons, obviously. Um, I think Metcalf's value comes down a little bit, obviously. Um, he's not Russell Wilson, but don't be surprised if, if Geno plays a little better than, than anticipated. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think his value comes down all that much because Geno was targeting uh, a lot last week after Wilson went out. And they're going to be playing a more negative game scripts. Uh, I I don't think the play change, not, not that you would ever bench him, but I would expect production to be pretty similar to what it was with our W1. I think what you're going to miss are probably the, the deep uh, the deep balls, but I think you could see some more volume, um, maybe some safer throws, some more catches, some more catch and run opportunities. You're just not going to get that perfect deep ball on the the play that Russell Wilson extends that he's able to throw um, throw those guys I, open I think that's fair I think you might see like like you just said I think you might see more catches yeah. maybe fewer yards more catches more some, some more wide receiver screen type stuff some more short get the ball in his hands um, try to let him run after the catch just like you said I think safer throws where now we're used to seeing Metcalf a lot of times <laughs> where he, he needs that big play to kind of to make his week and we might see a little more safer hey let's get him three four easy catches in the game and, and now he's gonna be more of a seven eight catch guy than than he's probably what normally a, a four five six kind of guy it'll just be i guess who who's the one that gets those mid-level targets is it him or locket yeah um could be both we'll see all right over on the teabag side we got lamar jackson uh, he was out from practice this week with an illness. Have to COVID think, again? Oh, uh, maybe. I mean, he did hug Carson Wentz after the game on Monday. We all know what where Wentz stands as far as uh, getting the jab. So um, that may have something to do with Lamar being out of practice this week. Hopefully for his sake, it's not the third time. Um, Aaron Jones and Melvin Gordon both questionable as well. DeAndre questionable. A lot of cues over there on the uh, on the teabag side. Let's talk about uh, Brandon Cooks though. We just saw Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews roast that Indianapolis secondary. Can Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks spin up some magic this week 
um, in the Sunday one o'clock game. Yep, sure can. <laughs> um, I don't usually like to talk up my guys, but I'm gonna. <laughs> I think I think Hooks is my my high scorer of the week this week. After what I just saw, um, maybe some recency bias, but Indianapolis secondary, holy crap. Not uh not healthy, not good. Um yeah, I think this could be one of those brand the one Brandon Cooks game that you that you look forward to every year where it's ten catches for big big time yardage and a couple scores. Yeah. I I like the play this week. I, I'm I'm just getting distracted by James Conn or RB two. Riding the pine again. God, what what does that guy mean? Will you please trade him to a guy that's gonna start him? My God. Uh, but yeah, I like Cooks this week. Connor could find his way in there yet. There's some time. There's time. There's time. Shane Shane always tinkers a little bit towards the end of the. Uh... Oh, what is Brady doing? That's so bad. Ugh. All right. Um. Who do you guys have winning? I'll take take your ball and go home. Yeah, um, like I said the last couple of weeks, this is uh, we're kind of at a rough patch for our team. Some banged up guys. Wasn't really great matchups the last two weeks. I figured we would throw up uh, some clunkers, and we did, save for Lamar's fifty point outburst. Um, but I think take your ball and go home does just enough this week to beat. Um, to beat the Renegades in a very close, low-scoring game. Oh, God. I like the top half of Fagley's team so much. But then I don't really know who these other players are on the bottom half. Give me the tea bags just for name recognition and star power. All right, Fleetwood franchise against Abuseman Park. Franchise gets the early touchdown from Zach Ertz. 9.1 right now as we enter the second half. Devonta Smith, only one catch for six yards. I have to feel like there's a couple things here. Um, hard not to play Dawson Knox again. I, I, have to, I would have had to consider him in the flex over Devonta Smith if I was sure. The other thing that Sure did is he put Devonta Smith on a Thursday night game in his flex spot. Tisk, mistake. Tisk, tisk. If something happens <laughs> to his wide receivers, he's a little limited in terms of what he can uh, replace them with. For those following at home, you always want to save your flex spots for your later game, guys, just in case something were to happen. Um, what a rookie. <laughs> uh, all right, so Ty gets a little bit of a boost with the Hilaire. Injury with Daryl Williams now in the flex spot. Um, Marvin Jones finds his way on the bench this week. He's really he's really missed. Uh, AJ Brown has really been bad, and you know Diggs has been okay, but he hasn't been what he thought he would be. Uh, Javante Williams getting the start this week, along with Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson has been outstanding. Um, he's now the running back 15 on the year, but um, over 14 points all four weeks. 
he didn't play in week three against Tampa Bay. That's why he's RB15 and not higher. What's your outlook for Daryl Henderson this week and rest of the season? Like it. Like it this week, like it rest of the way. Um, he's clearly the guy. I like the consistency. Um, they're going to give him somewhere around 15 touches a game, and he's been productive with it. So Giants are a bad team. Give me 14 carries for 75 yards and a score. Give me 16 carries for 76 yards and a score. I love Henderson. Uh, he's a good play this week. He's an RB1 rest of the season for me. Like bottom tier RB1. He's going to get the touches. That offense is going to be better. It's a good offense, but I, I, I don't even really get better from what it's shown. I'm a big Henderson truther. Yeah, Henderson's been outstanding. Uh, I like what I see. Uh, McVeigh has been a guy that has wanted to use um, some split backfields ever since Todd Gurley was unable to handle the workload in his last season with the Rams. Um, I think he gets over 100 yards this week and a score. Big game for Daryl Henderson and the franchise. Uh, we were so close to making it through the podcast without a Gurley reference, but we just couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> We just couldn't do it. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Big guy didn't have it. Either. No. Got got to love some Todd. You know that. Uh, Josh Allen on Monday night. That should be good for the franchise as well. Uh, and Diggs. Over on the park side, Nick Chubb hasn't practiced this week yet. Uh, I think it's a calf that he has going on right now. That's not great. Um, you never like to see your best player. Um, not be out there um, the first two practices of the week. Uh, Robert Woods, Deontay Johnson. Deontay should have a pretty good game. Um, Darren Waller at Denver. Cortland Sutton, he's been great. Some good matchups here on the uh, on the park side. Let's talk about Deontay Johnson. Major upside for Deontay with Juju out. What kind of a game do you guys see him having Sunday night? Well, for sure's sake, I hope he gets more than the two targets like he got last week, even though he punched a big one in from 50 yards out. Um, been a target hog all year before that, leading up to it. So I got to believe that he gets back to uh, seeing his share of the workload, especially with Juju out, and he gets more into the rest of the the 70 range um, this week um, for making stat predictions. Give me, give me, give me eight for eight for ninety and no score. I don't think he gets in this week. Eight for ninety. You think he's getting a lot of that? You're the catch. I'm used to seeing this all. Phil, you need to pay your internet bill, man. It's bad. Yeah, this is bad. I like Deacon He's a solid wide receiver, too, uh, with or without. You guys can hear me? Yeah, we're losing subscribers. I can hear you. You just sound like you're underwater. 
Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. All right. Deontay is a solid play. He's going to get eight catches on 11 targets, but it's going to be for 55 yards and a score. Huh. Well, uh, he's averaging what looks to be about 15 yards uh, per catch. So I like him to... I'll say he gets 15 targets, 11 catches, 99 yards, and a score. I like some, some Deontay this week. I like Deontay. Night. I do like Deontay. What, the only thing I don't like about Deontay is it looks like the Steelers have finally figured out that they need to run the ball. Uh, Najee Harris has been getting a ton of carries the last two weeks. Um, and the Steelers have won two games in a row because of that. So that's the only thing I don't love, but I think you can throw on Seattle. So I think they will. Got a little bonus question out here before we make game picks. Uh, I'm gonna lean on you guys. Steelers a safe pick for my survivor pool this week, or uh, that's where I'm leaning right now. Yeah, I told Fegley that I thought he could play them this week um, too. So I think he he was looking at uh, he was looking at the Steelers and possibly the Bengals or the Colts as his second play. Yeah, the Colts were my other play, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, I like all three of them as you get into these uh, tougher weeks after you after you use some teams up. So. Yeah, I'm back in on the Steelers too this week. All right, who wins this one? We only have 15 minutes left. We still have two more games to do. Franchise versus Park. I'll take the franchise. Give me franchise. Big game from Diggs Monday night. Back-to-back? Uh, back? Yep. Uh, yeah, franchise. Diggs did not have a big game last week. That's why I'm, that was, that's why I'm still playing. That was a joke. That was a joke. That's why I'm poor. He did. <laughs> He should have had a touchdown, but he was trying to showboat on that deep ball. Uh, he didn't know that there was a Chiefs player within five yards of him because that was the only time all game they were. All right, Curtin versus Nevermore. Um, looks like Dalvin Cook will be a go this week for the Curtin, so that's huge for them, especially after losing uh, Damian Williams to that COVID list. Uh... Schultz and Williams and Sanders have been great additions for the curtain, really keeping them afloat here through some of these Cook and Montgomery injuries. Hardman was decent on Monday night. Uh, you know, James Robinson's been very good the last couple weeks. Let's talk about Mike Williams. He's wide receiver one for the season. He gets Baltimore this week. What do you guys think about Mike Williams? It's another big week. Um, we've seen the shift where Williams is the clear-cut number one guy there for Herbert. Um, we've, we've talked about how he likes to spread the ball, but Williams is clearly the number one option. Um, 16 targets last week is just stupid. Um, but he's four, four out of five games this year. He's been, been outstanding. I think it continues this week at Baltimore. Give me another... 
another seven or eight catches and and somewhere around 100 yards and a score. Another big week for him. Man, he's been he's been great. And the Chargers look so good. Uh, I'll echo what Shane said. Big week, Williams. Don't know the stat line. Give me one more touchdown and yard than what Shane said. <laughs> I like Mike Williams, too. Um, <clears throat> it's been a health thing in his career. He's always been shown that he can make the, uh, the big plays. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He is so far this year. Um, I think Keenan Allen has the better game of the two this week. But I do like Williams to have a nice one as well. Nevermore, uh, Jalen Hurts so far 7.16 and a half. Eddie playing against the quarterback he traded. And Kenneth Gainwell getting the start in the RB2 spot for Nevermore with the goose egg so far. Um, man. Not a whole heck of a lot to talk about. Does Travis Kelsey... Let's before I say this, let me uh Kelsey get back on Kelsey get back on track with an over twenty point performance this week against Washington. He hasn't had one since week two. Yep, I'm back on the Kelsey Kelsey bandwagon for this week. Um I think they need to need to get him more involved. Um it's hard to say that after I mean you get got ten targets last week, but give me a big Kelsey game this week. Um, 10 catches over a hundo and a score. He gets back on track this week, but this is going to be a Josh Gordon game. <laughs> I don't think he gets to 20. All right, you're, you're, just, you're just saying dumb shit now, honestly. Uh, I'll take the curtain in this one. Huge over Nevermore. Won't even need a recount. Uh, curtain big. Yeah, Curtin, it's not close for me. It's a lot easier saying that now that Jay Wells put up the goose egg in the first half. Give me the curtain. Well, it's not often you see a team other than T-Bag start a guy that had 19 carries the entire season coming into this game against the best run defense in the league um, in their RB2 spot. So keep an eye on it. This is, this is a game on game script in the second half. Yes, it is. So, Definitely. yeah, give me the, give me the curtain. <laughs> Alright, game of the week. I'm not sure why it's the game of the week, but I'm making it such because I made myself the game of the week last week and we got the win, so we're going to try it again this week. Huge underdogs this week against the flock. Coming off the 204-point effort last week. Uh, Desert Dogs got 16.44 at halftime from Tommy B., McCaffrey's status uh, in doubt again this week, which would be a huge, uh, huge issue for our team. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson right now getting the RB2 <laughs> nod for the, the Desert Dogs with Damian Harris struggling with fumbleitis and chest issues. Um, if it's not Stevenson, it might be Jeremy McNichols getting the nod. Who knows? It's not It's not Jesus. You check is in waiting. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Tim Patrick. Uh, Tim Patrick, I believe, has gone 100 straight uh, targets without a drop. He's been really steady. I may have just doomed him. Uh, but what do you guys think about Tim Patrick? I know, Shane, you're a fan. 
feel like I, I feel like I was a year early on this guy. That's what I feel like. That's what I think. Um, he was a teabag staple in our 2020 campaign um, down the stretch. Um, yeah, I, I like I like him. He's a steady play. He's clearly getting enough targets to warrant a, a flex flex status. Um, and I like him this week against an absolute team in shambles, given the situation that we just had take place over Monday night. Um, give me Denver, Denver big this week. So I think Patrick keeps it going with another double-digit performance. Not often you see a successful wide receiver handcuff play, but I, I think we've got one here. And Patrick's a good play and can hold off and, until Judy gets back and then you fire Judy in that lineup. We're going to ban you from using the word handcuff for one whole week. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, we don't need to talk about Lockett, I guess, because we've already talked about it. Um, I will ask the question, Hollywood Brown, big game this week against the Chargers? No, I'm out on Brown for this week. Um Obviously, he just had his big game. He's been outstanding so far this year. I think he comes back to earth a little bit this week. Um, so I'm going to say, I mean, it's a double-digit performance, but it's it's not a big one. I feel like such an idiot talking smack on Hollywood, and he's just been phenomenal. Um, phenomenal. Getting a huge target share in that offense. No reason for me to think it's not going to continue, uh, especially against the Chargers. I like him. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, his worst game this year has been three for 53. He had seven targets in that one and dropped an easy touchdown in the end zone. Um, <clears throat> otherwise, his low score of the week is 16.4 in week one when Lamar looked pretty bad throwing the ball against that Raiders team. But Chiefs, Broncos, Indy, he's had huge ones. I don't see a reason that that doesn't continue this week. I am uh, all systems go on Hollywood Brown, so definitely like him. Who do you guys have winning? Flock versus Desert Dogs. Uh, it's gonna be uh, gonna be tough. Old Geller. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I know where Phil's going, so let me just get this out of your way quick. The flock is. Just a good football team, fancy football team, and there are some some juicy matchups, as we like to say in the biz, on the flock side. Again, um, give me the flock to continue their hot streak. And uh, yeah, sorry, buddy. Checking from the primetime games, seeing what we're going to be up against. Looks like Lockett Sunday night. That's not too bad. Ah. <sighs> Give me the flock. I, I like those matchups, as, as Shane alluded to. I, it's a good roster. I think they get it done this week. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's time to pick the flock, put us out of our misery, and uh, I expect some teams to be calling me next week to get the services of Derry Sanders. So... So Phil didn't, didn't hook me up with what I thought he was going to do, but it's only fitting that 
the desert dogs go down because Tyler Lockett catches <laughs> one and runs <laughs> one back on Sunday night. Oh, uh, that would be something, wouldn't it? That would be something. Um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be heartbreaking. We're gonna need about thirty more from Brady here in the second half, I think, to get ourselves a shot. It's very likely. The is they're gonna continue to throw the ball because he's on a mission. So. Yeah, it's it's there's a good chance that we're starting Alex Collins and Armand J. Stevenson as our two running backs this week. So, it's not great here in Denver. But, you know, every every legend has a bad year every now and then. All right. Have you ever been successful in this league? I don't remember. Uh, it's been a little while. Can't even can't even bring it up anymore. Should we talk about twenty seventeen? Nope, no reason to. It was eighteen when uh, I when I threw you out the club, so I, I I will say I know what I'm gonna be watching before I go to sleep tonight on my ESPN fantasy team playlist there's a, an article here has Kareem Hunt pass Nick Chubb as the Browns top running back in fantasy so I'm going to be injecting that on my way to the bedroom tonight Chubb's number two in rushing yards in the whole NFL so I, <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying but I think they can be a two-headed I'm, monster I'm not, I'm not saying it this is what the paywall at ESPN says Matthew and Barry Oh, God, Matthew Barry. I love hate for this week. Deontay Johnson. Ah, shit. We bought that hook, line, and sinker, guys. Ugh. All right, well, we'll see. Uh, I know we're, we are out of the out of the town uh, next Thursday. If we do get some trade activity, I may call upon you guys for an emergency Wednesday night podcast. Not sure Shane will be able to pull that off. Um but we'll see what we can do. I don't want to do anything live Thursday night. So, um, anything else you guys need to add? I was just going to say, the Wolves currently with RB1, RB2, and RB5 on the squad. What could possibly go wrong? And Fournette just waiting to be another RB1. Just waiting. And the leader in the clubhouse to get the services of Christian McCaffrey. Correct. This is going to we'll be see. an all-time, all-time low for Wolves history. <laughs> we'll see if we can get it done. <laughs> All right, thank you both for joining me. This was fun. Um, let's enjoy the second half of Tom Terrific, fresh off the uh, release of It's Better to Be Feared, the book about the Patriots dynasty this week. Make sure you go check Amazon. Go get that Seth Wickersham special. And uh, we will talk to you guys maybe next week. Definitely for week eight. And good luck to everybody in week six.